Hi there, I'm Rob from The Final Whistle, and I'm chatting today to Jane Leslie, who is an executive leadership specialist um, and a life coach. Uh, I hope you don't mind me calling you that, Jane, a life coach. I know some people don't like that, but uh, I'm going to call that you anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm... you know, I don't mind life coach. I mean, whenever I'm coaching um, my clients, I'm coaching the whole of their life. So um, what they do at home is equally as important as what they do in the boardroom. So um, I appreciate that. Great. Um, so today we're going to really be chatting about, uh, you know, being a parent uh, of an aspiring athlete uh, and particularly one that has just left school. Uh, it's a fairly tricky age, of course. And um, being in that situation yourself, um, that, uh, you know, it, it, it's really, that's hence why we, we're chatting to, to Jane today. So. I'm just going to kick off, just if you could just give us a brief, a brief background um, as to who you are and also um, your involvement in tennis uh, and particularly with your son. Mm, yeah, sure, sure, Rob. Um, so I've been an executive coach for nine years uh, now here in Sydney, but formerly my background was as an actress. So I started as an actress, which I really considered to be you know, it, it's a performance that uh, and you need to be rehearsed and be ready for it. Then I went into the restaurant business, which really is another big stage show to put on every day. And then after that, I became a coach because I really wanted to connect with, with people and to be able to help them with their challenges. And I've always been the sort of person that set a really big vision for myself in life. So when I had my son, I decided that one of the best gifts that I could do for him would be to assist him and help him and support him to create a vision also. So my son is now 18 and a half. Uh, we've been on a tennis, uh, I would say, journey for, oh, it's about 12 years now. So he started playing tennis when he was six. And now he's 18 and a half. And, you know, things really have changed um, at each stage in his life. And very much now that he's 18 and a half because he's left school. So there's just so many different challenges yeah. that, uh, that I face and, and that he faces too. And it's very different to how, how it was when I was a child. So yeah. I'm learning at the same time. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned that, that he's just finished school and um, you know, presumably he's had some time to uh, put the feet up over the festive season or, or play in a tournament or two. But uh, you know, January's uh, ticked over. Uh, where to from now? Well, it is work in progress um, with my son. As, as you know, when they leave school, I notice there's so many different peer pressures from his friends. So he's asking himself the big questions in life, which, was, which are, you know, do I really want to be a tennis player? Am I going to uni uh, or am I going to take a gap year? So I, I think, and, it, you know, it, it is really tough to get answers from 18-and-a-half-year-olds mm -hmm. like... Um, you know, the whole communication seems to have changed since he was 16 and, and I felt that we had more solid plans. Now I feel that he's got plans, but he's not completely letting me in. But I have noticed that he's decided that he's going to take a gap here and um, he's going to get a part-time job and he's going to train and play tournaments. So I think that's where we're at at the moment. Okay. Um, so... So, yeah, so tonight I know he's coming back from Queensland and then he's driving to Albury Wodonga because they've got a large tournament there. So he's uh, he certainly is getting 
straight straight into it. Yeah. Okay. And and what assistance did he get from either or both the the school and the relevant tennis authorities in terms of you know helping with those next steps? Mm, well, with Tennis New South Wales and Tennis Australia, they take on a very small bunch of of kids to support at around the age of twelve. So, you know, unless you're part of that group, and I think they they only foster and support about six or eight kids, and most of those kids are still playing now. So unless you're you're in at that stage in their life, which for us would have been about six and a half years ago, so Xavier just missed out on that. So in terms of support from then, from them down the track now, there's no support. Um, that I can see, and in our tennis community, I, I would say that's a fairly um, that 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 would be the answer across the board. Okay. Uh, from his school, well, look, my son went to two schools, so he went to a private school for a while, then he went to a public school. Uh, he really, really enjoyed the public school experience. However, in terms of support with tennis, there's very little actually in the public system. So the support uh, as that he has received has been from me and from his coaches. So, you know, my, my advice for, for any sporting parent and, and especially in the tennis, in the tennis industry, you, you know, it's really important to build up a support team around you and to have people around you who, who care about you and who are going to stay there for the long run. Yeah. Yeah. That's crucial. That's crucial. Um, and I mean, you alluded to it earlier, but um, do you think your son, uh, as and you can probably answer this as a general aspiring athlete as well, but do you think they are aware of the difficulty in making, you know, the top level, or or at least a level which is, um, you know, has some sustainable income, um, and mm-hmm. you know what that real success rate is? Mm, so. Do, do I think they're actually aware of the work that has to go in to be a champion? That's what I'm hearing from your yeah, question. Yeah. It's really making me laugh. I mean, um, you know, do, are any of us actually aware of the, the the detail and the work we have to go through when we perhaps change careers, change careers, or we enter into a new new relationship? You know, it's such, it's such a, a big question, and and I would have to say no. Um, you know, I think unless a child has actually been in a enclosed environment, perhaps they've gone to a, a tennis academy and that they've stayed there for years, um, then I think they'd have a better idea of the work. But um, I think, you know, he's starting to get an idea of what it actually takes, to, the, the sort of work he's going to actually have to put in and what it's actually going to take from him to actually get consistent results um, across the year. Yeah. And um, he's still on that learning journey. So, And I notice a lot of the boys are also, like, you know, they've all got a lot of the boys around his age. You know, there's a lot of really, really great tennis players around. And they're going to uni and they've got part-time jobs and they're playing a lot of tennis and they're training. So I think it's a real sort of, it's probably quite frightening for them when they get out of school to actually see, oh, no, this is actually what it's going to take. I'm actually going to have to get up every day mm. and really integrate the whole of the training into my life. And I'm actually going to have to put it 
as as not priority number two, but it's actually going to have to be priority number one. Yeah, yeah. And I think until they they actually um, you know start start putting in the work, they don't actually get a really strong sense of what it is going to take. Like what I did is I got this fantastic trainer for my son, and um, he did a lot of CrossFit training. So, you know, Xavier's had um, got some experience in CrossFit training and he trains with this guy every now and then. And I remember his face um, when we first went there on the day. You know, he he looked um, excited, but he couldn't believe the sort of work effort that he was going to have to put in to be able to actually strengthen his muscles and his mind. So I think um, with each person that comes into your life along the journey, you know, they learn more from each person and they see and gradually start to put the whole picture together of what it's actually going to take for them to get consistent results. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, So at the final whistle, we are quite big on uh, what's known as a dual pathway, which is, you know, either studying or working towards some sort of qualification while you are still an athlete or, or becoming an athlete. Um, mm. So what we've noticed is that there's significant performance benefits of doing that. Um, mm. And I say performance benefits particularly to the sport. Um, is, this, is that aware you know, in tennis or in, in, a, in sport or is there still a culture of you know, this complete sacrifice to that sport. And I noticed you, you mentioned earlier, you know, Xavier's doing a part-time job as well as sport. One could argue that is a dual pathway because he's, he's actually funding himself while he's doing his sport. So it is, a, it is a dual pathway of sorts. But I'm just wondering if there's, a, if there's an awareness of actual performance benefits in sport of doing that. Look, I think it is in the kids who are not supported so much by tennis in South Wales and tennis Australia. Mm, mm. Uh, I know that the the young the young men who are actually focusing full time on tennis, I've noticed that they have uh, put schooling and education as a second priority um, all the way through their teenage years and you know their 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 results um, from studies can fall. Um, but the children who uh, are um, not in with those big organisations. I think you know they're they're pretty clear that um, you know having a job and also you know studying at the same time is very important. So I noticed that you know most of them are uh, going to university. They're doing part time or full time, um, and and they have jobs and they're travelling. So you know might might really take my hat off to them actually because mm. um, you know they have to learn to manage their time. And they really have to be, you know, on, on top of their life and, and really responsible for many different facets of life at such an early age. So I would say most of them are quite aware of the benefits of, of dual partnerships. Okay, great. Um, and, you know, here's a question for you, Jane. Uh, mm-hmm. What role do you think parents should play? Um, and, you know, what are you specifically doing um, to, to assist Xavier? But also... Do you think he believes you're trying to help or interfere? And where does that line, you know, where do you draw that line? Mm. Um, I've thought about this question deeply for about, oh, gee, about 12 years. And because I'm a coach um, and I do that, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm not coaching or managing or, or, or talking to my son, um, I do bring a different skill set to most parents. So mm. 
Um, you know, there's been many conversations when I've felt I've had to switch hats. So sometimes I have to put my, my, my mum hat on um, and then other times I have to put my manager hat on or my coach hat on. So I see that that's actually... I'm hoping that that's been a real benefit for Xavier because I don't let him off the hook lightly and my focus has been with my son is to assist him to take maximum responsibility for his choices and for his tennis choices and for his vision. However, at the same time, when you have a child who's involved in tennis, and I've said this so many times to people who are outside of the tennis world, Somebody has to set the vision in the first place because it's not something that you just wake up, you know, children just wake up out of bed and say, hey, I'm going to be a tennis player. They're much more likely to say, hey, I'm going to join a soccer team or a rugby league team because there's so much more support in those sort of industries. So I see myself as the holder of the vision. Now I'm passing the baton on and I'm really, you know, doing my best to empower my son to be able to take responsibility for this vision to the best of his ability at, at the age he's at. Yeah. So I have seen my, myself as um, a very important driver and holder of this vision because without me, he wouldn't have got as far as he has gotten now because at the end of the day, somebody has to get in the car, put petrol in it, pay, uh, finance uh, the sport and drive the car. Uh, if you look at the tennis world, I mean... A lot of the tournaments are, you know, they're not all um, in the same suburbs, so you do tend to do a lot of driving across the state and across the country. So, um, you know, they they do need a lot of support um, and cheering on from parents to be able to compete, to be able to get there and to be able to bring all the correct equipment and to be fit and able and ready to go. So yeah. my role has been, I see, I see a, te- a tennis player's parents' role as being a very hands-on one. And then I think at the same time, um, you have to know when to pull back and when to um, you know, uh, request and to ask them to start developing higher levels of discipline and to start setting their own boundaries around what's right for them so you can you know, um, do your best to start to enable them to be able to self-manage themselves because ultimately they're the only one that can win matches because they're the one that's on the court. Yeah. So from from that perspective, it's a little bit of a push to be Sometimes you provide really strong support and, you know, you go in... Um, Fully, um, fully kitted up and, and you know what you have to do from a mother and a coach point of view and a manager point of view. And then other times, you know, I have to really just take my hands off the reins and I have to allow him to fall and yeah. allow him to fail and, and hope that, you know, I've given him, we've had enough conversations and that he actually has the tools that he can pick himself up again and, and go forward confidently into the next tournament. Fantastic. I hope that answers your yeah. question oh, around absolutely. that because it's it's a re- really really is a is a tricky one and they do turn around to you and you know they don't want to know you at times yeah. and particularly with a mother and son you know the relationship really changes when when your son turns eighteen I mean they have grand ideas about you know travelling around Australia and doing it on their own and moving out of home and um, so in terms of you know making sure that you you 
hopefully keep them focused on, on building themselves as an athlete. Um, you know, I, I provide support and then sometimes I just have to, you know, let them go and let them fall and hope that they're strong enough to come back again and start to realise their mistakes and pick themselves up. Yeah, absolutely. Final question, Jane, because I know you've, uh, you know, you've got to shoot off to fetch Xavier from the airport. Um, <laughs> so, um, as, as an parent uh, of an aspiring athlete, uh, what's your biggest fear and what advice do you have for parents uh, with regards to that fear? A really great, a really great question. And um, it's one that's always been on my mind because the relationship between a, a parent and, and your child who's a tennis player is a, is a close one um, because you've been through many ups and downs with them. So the conversations have, um, have been deep and meaningful um, many, many times over his life. So I guess now, um, you know, the fear I have now um, because of the ages, and I've had different fears over different ages, funnily enough, but the, the current fear, I would say, would be peer group pressure. Okay. Uh, and the other current fear for, for uh, and I think it's quite common between with parents because of the, because of the internet and the technology and the distractions that they have these days, I guess it's just, you know, fear of them being unfocused and sort of getting unmotivated because they get lost in distractions uh, with technology. Uh, so I would, I'm, I'm constantly looking at how I can manage technology and how I can keep him focused and motivated and, um, and, and, and focused on his sport and on himself. So I think they're they're the main ones at the moment, and I mean all of his friends. They you know they're going out and they're partying and they want to have a good time. So sometimes my son, you know, he misses out, and uh, I can see it sometimes. He thinks, oh, you know, I wish I could go, wish I'd go to that, but I've got to get up at six tomorrow morning and warm up and train. So um, I'm hoping as he develops his strength and his mental agility and strength as an athlete that he'll be able to pull himself through that, um, you know, towards his grand vision and he'll be able to, um, you know, see the benefits uh, as he moves moves through, especially this year. I think this will be a really crucial year for him because he's, he's now got a car, he's on his own, um, he'll be mobile and he'll be, you know, he, he's, he's an adult. Yeah. So he'll be able to make, hopefully he's going to make some great positive choices around going out, around alcohol, uh, drugs are an issue. I mean, they're, they're out there. Um, luckily, um, I think they've got that part covered and he's not at all interested in that. However, you know, they still do want to have fun and they are 18. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, Jane, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And, um, you know, I wish uh, you and Xavier all the best uh, for this year and beyond. And um, thanks so much for, for your time in, in speaking to us. My pleasure. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for your time, too. It's been a pleasure. Great.